Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, we're endeavoring to bring you these current events from a constitutional and historical principle perspective. And that's what we're going to be doing today. Because, uh, J.C., our, our emails, our social media, even friends, like people I know are texting me saying, Chris Ann, you're the go-to source. What happens uh, when, Donald, it, when Donald Trump declares a state of emergency to build the wall? Is that constitutional? Right. Right, because I, and, I, and I like that because, J.C., a well, lot people of people... Well, people certain. Well, they I, know. Right, they want to know, but they asked me, is it constitutional, yeah. right? So they know that that's the kind of answer they're going to get from us from the get-go, right? Yeah. So I, mean, I think that's some, great. Of course, some people look for ammunition, right? They, they're they hoping the answer is yes, and, right. okay, give me stuff to answer to liberals when they say it's not. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, no, absolutely. And, well, and then you also have the people who who are who are steady listeners, steady followers that don't like Trump, so they want to hear the answer no. Right. So yeah. that they True. have True. the ambition to, uh, you know, yeah. to actually... Uh, everybody's looking to substantiate their perspective. Yeah, well, sometimes it's going to be for him and sometimes it's going to be against him. Right, and, the, and, I, and I like that because I, I know who the people are who are coming to us. I know if they're, they're diehard Trump fans. I know if they're the quote-unquote no, never-Trumpers or just the yeah. plain constitutionalists. And, and that's what warms my heart, JC, is to know that, that we have people from all over the spectrum coming in sure. because they realize with us they're going to get that you're laughing. No, no, I was just, I was just thinking, then, then there's that group. I get the emails, uh, like, you know, you send, oh, out the, yeah. you send out the show, and I get the emails of people, they read the title of the show, and then they email a response about, it's like, okay, you didn't listen to the show. Sometimes they will, they'll argue the same point that you make in the show, but uh-huh. like make it as an accusation. Like, how could you say this? Because they saw the title, and it's like, okay. Does that mean I'm really bad at? Ma- I'm really bad at making I titles. So I just <laughs> I inflame I people you. with I'm my like, titles. Come on, if you don't listen to the show, why would you send an email commentary about it? Oh, I know. Especially when you say when you're telling, you know, Chris Ann, you believe this, you said this, and and it's obvious. You simply read the title. 
Right. And then wrote an email. Like, come on. So well, anyways, now we're there's that group. <laughs> there's that group. Yeah, uh, that's the same group that tells me, <laughs> uh, me that up. I can't listen to your show because I don't like the bumper music. Oh, um, my goodness. I don't have 30 minutes to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. Can you please give us transcripts? Nope. You know, I'm just... <laughs> I'm like seriously. No, I mean, no, come on. You can't cater to that to that audience. No, I don't. Like I don't. Bumper I can't. music. I know. <laughs> I mean, the country is going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> We're trying to give you some ammunition, and you don't like the bumper music. We want the Matrix back. Sorry, Matrix is copyrighted. So, I mean, come on. Your country is falling apart. Get over it or move on. I mean, we're not mad at you, but come on, guys. Seriously? Priorities much? I know. Well, it's the whole spoon-fed mentality. I mean... No, I I get it when it's just... Somebody's just saying their preference. Oh, I would would like Matrix. Not like, I don't like your bumper music, so I'm not going to listen. But that happens. Seriously, I just got... Uh, I just got an email the other day telling me I hate your bumper music, so I can't listen to your show. No, (laughs) that's great. Do you realize you can skip over that part? No, I love that. I mean... You don't need that kind. Of, you don't need those kind of people in the audience. It's it's a waste of it's a waste of digital space. Uh, I think Move it's on. what we were talking about yesterday. It's people who are not learn coming to learn, but coming to find another yeah, platform. You, you can't. Yeah, we've already so, wasted too much right. breath. Even okay, so we want to talk today about the constitutionality of a presidential state of emergency. Yeah. Okay, so this is not an anti-Trump. Pro-Trump stance, no, this right? Is education. So this uh, is education. A, this is not a, fan- a talk show. This is a teach show. So you've written a fantastic article that actually explains it in great detail. Um, it's very thorough. And, actually, and I gives- tweeted it out, and and somebody actually said that she. Uh, he said this is an amazingly well thought out, well written, clearly uh, laid out article. Yeah, it is. So- it is. It's very good. Um, you even give solu- a solution, actually multiple solutions. <laughs> uh, One so, yeah, it's good. Week. It's very good. Yeah. So you can go to chrisannhall.com, and if you don't want to listen to the show, <laughs> you can so I think, read the article. Yeah, exactly. So you I can think, share the yeah, article. You hate the bumpers. You hate the bumper music. The just read the article. <laughs> so today you kind of have a transcript of sorts. Yeah, but, sort of. So I think, you know, just like in the article you wrote, the thing to do is start with sort of a primer, a primer, a right. refresher. Is it uh, primer or primer? I, I hear it both ways. But <laughs> I just start with <laughs> a fresher of, of how it's supposed to work because the question is, you know, it was kind of a given it, if or when the president declares state of emergency. It's already assumed that's okay, right? Right. It, when the question comes at you. Uh, and he builds the walls as constitutional. So there's a lot of parts in that thing. Mm-hmm. So, I, But I, I think you went to the root, you know, and steered it toward the real issue. Well, but it's I I think once again it, this is this is the teach part of the show that we need to you know that we really need to 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 dig in and bury as a foundation. Whenever you're asking the question, can the president do this? Can the Congress do this? Can can the Supreme Court do this? Uh, there's only th- there's really only two beginning sources: yeah. the Constitution and the people who wrote the Constitution. Now, I would say to that second point because we encountered this. Oh yeah, yeah. It's what the drafters wrote about what's in correct, the Constitution. About what's Thank in you. the Constitution because <laughs> they're because like Locke and you know whoever there there are yeah. a lot of the drafters who said 
you know, differing things mm -hmm. and some had opposing opinions. What's important is what they said about what ended up in right. being ratified by the states that's in the Constitution. Yes, they read Locke and Montesquieu and yeah. Algernon and Hobbes, and they studied the histories of Rome and the Netherlands. I mean, they studied yes. world history, and they used all that. They used, um, uh, well, never mind, I'll let his name so, go. So original, can't remember, intent is about, all of this. original intent is about those commentaries on the contents of the Constitution. In other words, you can't run to a founder or, or uh, uh, let's say, a philosopher that they read, and just because he said something, then you, you use that as justification for some authority or some power. Just because uh -huh. he said it, that's fine. That may have been his opinion, but the states as a whole didn't agree with that part of his commentary. It's, right. It's, so original right. intent, as far as going to the, the drafters and the founders and, and, and the mm -hmm. philosophers that they looked at, has to be tied to what was ultimately ratified. Right, right, absolutely. And so uh, you can use Locke and Algernon and you can use Montesquieu, but make sure that the it's because the the founders took that that particular philosophy and developed it into the principle Correct. that is within the Constitution. So the Constitution itself defines the powers that are delegated to the three branches of government. And these, these powers are not only specifically enumerated, but they are limited and defined uh, by, and, just, and, and this is part that's, this is one of the parts that's really important to the application of our question. Not only are they limited and defined in their delegation, but they are uh, separate and yeah. distinct right. in their delegation. Yeah, separation of powers. Right. So, and, and my goodness, the, the, the drafters of the Constitution spent a lot of time discussing the importance of separation of powers. Right. Going to this, the, the founders thing. Um, James Madison actually uh, quotes uh, uh, Montesquieu, and uh, and he says, uh, I can't find that quote in here. It's he says that uh, liberty cannot be secure when the powers of the executive and the legislative are combined into are, are one right. one person or one body of yeah. people. And so that's what what we're talking that's about the here. Check. That's what we call that's, checks and balances. Right. So you, if 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 one entity holds all the power, mm -hmm. who, who checks that? There's no check. Right. Right. So we have to we have to understand that we have delegated powers that are enumerated and defined. Right. And they are separate and distinct. I think that enumerated and defined is important too, because that's really that's one of the core battlegrounds when we see this stu the stuff going the opposite way and we're pulling back are is that philosophy that surrounds the idea of enumerated powers mm -hmm. as we're researching this you know we came across uh, a discussion about the stewardship doctrine so stewardship uh, doctrine fdr had this idea no, it was teddy roosevelt uh yeah teddy, teddy roosevelt, roosevelt. You're right teddy roosevelt. teddy roosevelt so this idea of stewardship which basically amounted to him saying the president of the federal government can do whatever they want to do as long as the constitution doesn't specifically say don't do it well and i want to i want to so it's a negative right this is, what Bar this is how barack obama really described mm -hmm. the constitution as a negative so if if there's if there's not specifically 
you know, the president can't do this, then anything you can imagine and he feels is in the public good or people want to do it or he wants to do it or thinks it's necessary, well, that's the he point. can do it. That's the point that I want to expand upon because many, many people who uh, who consider themselves conservatives actually subscribe to this stewardship doctrine yes, and they absolutely. don't even realize it because anytime somebody tells you that the president's job is to take care of the people of America, mm-hmm. to take care of America, yeah. to defend America. That's the to, stewardship That's doctrine. the stewardship doctrine, which which very, very specifically grants unlimited power which, to the office of the president. Yeah, which runs counter to the, the framers' discussions and the ratification debates. Right. And uh, closer, closer to the point, you, you quote in your article, was uh, uh, William Taft. It was actually Roosevelt's Secretary of War, right. later president, Supreme Court Justice. Uh, he said, I'd like to read this quote. He says, um, uh, a specific grant must be either in the federal constitution or in an act of Congress passed in pursuance thereof. There is no undefined residuum of power which the federal government can exercise because it seems to be in the public interest. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. JC, I want you to read that quote from William Taft. Yeah, so Taft. One more time so that it goes a little bit more slowly yeah, yeah. so we understand. Because we have what we have is Teddy Roosevelt, you know, the Republican hero, who's, who says <laughs> the, the president can do whatever he wants as long as he's taking care of a need of the people. Yeah. Right? And, and, right. Th- this is your, this is your progressives. Your that progressives. Came out of the Republican right? Party, not, not the Democrats. Right. And William Taft uh, said this. Yeah, so he he echoed or reflected the the drafters' conversations, the mm-hmm. ratification debates. This this is what the drafters expressed, and Taft echoes that saying: a specific grant must be either in the federal constitution or in an act of Congress passed in pursuance thereof. There is no undefined residuum of power which the, the president, he says, can exercise because it seems, in his opinion, to be in the public interest. So, in other words, there, there's, no, there's no powers just floating around out there uh, for the federal government to grab. Remember, the Tenth Amendment yeah. reserves those un, un, unenumerated powers right. to the to states. The states. So and you, to the people, so, yeah. So, that, so then you can't say, so in other words, if you uh, support the stewardship doctrine, Right. Mm-hmm. Then you have to delete the Tenth Amendment. Right. Because you're saying, well, <laughs> there are unspoken powers. There are unwritten authorities. Yeah, that's true. And well, then if they're if if they they're didn't unspoken, say I could do they're them, unwritten, then 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 I can and then I can have them. Then they're my powers. No, the Tenth Amendment says, yes, there are powers that we didn't write down. There are authorities that that may not be written down that you can think of later or that you'll come across. And guess what? They belong to the states. They right. don't belong to you. So the states, if the if the states later decide that these powers that you thought up, uh, they want you to have them, 
then we have to amend the Constitution. The states have to delegate them to you. So that's right. that's the framers' mind. That's their discussion. That's the idea of enumerated powers. Well, now, our Supreme Court has moved far beyond well, that. Well, that's into, a whole other class, too. But, but they move solidly into this stewardship nonsense. Thanks to Joseph Story and the transgre- the uh, transition from Tucker to Story in our colleges, but that's also yeah, and another it's class. also been a bipartisan yes. evolution. Yes, right. Where well, where each of the you parties can't even get the party the Republican Party to turn their back on Teddy Roosevelt, even though he stepped out and formed the group of the progressives of 1912. Yeah. No, but so. it, when it's he's he's a good example when either party. Right, because you can't blame a party, you can't blame a president. Mm-mm. It's it's really the citizenry, citizenry. Right. But so when either party decides they need to do it, they want to do it. I think the point it. that we're really trying to make here is that whether a power is delegated or not, and if it's delegated, how it's limited and defined, how it's specifically enumerated, was was really well thought out. Yes. It was something that they deliberately and thoughtfully uh, put into practice and writing because of their knowledge of history and human nature. Right. And we have to understand that now we've come to a society that actually uh, goes contrary to those principles because we've fallen into uh, what William Pitt said in 1783. He said, necessity is the plea to every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants, and it is the, it is the creed of slaves. We, we've fallen into this. Now, JC, we have seen this as we've tried to teach as well. People say, well, there's no other way to do it. Or sure. this is how it needs to no, get done. And, and we don't have time for that. Or that's impossible. Yeah. Right? And that's the whole necessity thing that you see going on here. Right. Because, again, it's what we talk about all the time. This, the, the root of this is this, look at this Congress mm-hmm. that won't do their job. Right. right? So then Trump's being put in a position of, man, I got to find out a way to get these done because the, the, these people in Congress are worthless. These bunch of Marxists right. that, that don't want to protect the country, that hate America. I mean, it's just a mess. So he's thinking, I, I got to do something, right? So mm-hmm. you have this, this need, this urgency, this necessity, and that's what happens. So that, and then that goes back to, like we say, doing the hard part right. of making sure you have an electorate who's going to elect a Congress who does its job and does the things it needs to do and supposed to do the things, the thing, the constitutional things in the best interest of the republic. So there's the root of the problem. So our government's a mess. So chaos begets chaos, and here we are trying to figure out a way to overcome this broken government. So every state of an er- emergency refers to the National Emergencies Act and as as its authority, not the right. Constitution. So, so in other words, right, it's not in not the Constitution right. that is the basis of these states of emergency. And so when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about um, what is the real question that we ought to be asking, uh, not when Donald Trump does this. As arrogant men tear up our Constitution and from every direction we cry can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, and we're dealing with this issue about 
presidential national emergencies. Remember, this is an article that will go, uh, that will never expire. So this applies yeah. to Trump. This applied to Obama. This applies to whoever comes next. Yeah. So, again, I'm I'm the layman. So to sort of recap what what you're saying so far here, mm-hmm. um, the the Constitution enumerates the the powers, the authorities of the federal government. Right. If if they're not enumerated, then they don't belong. Then, then there is no such power. Right. Whatever right. you think of. Right. If it's not enumerated, then there is no such power. Right. It's reserved to the states. Right. Uh, and if you want that power, you have to amend the Constitution. The states have to delegate that power. So the states of emergency, we look to the Constitution. There's no provision Article 2, well, that, right? well, but you're, you're specifically asking about the President of the United States. Yes, specifically Article 2 gives us the specific list and delegations of authority okay. that go to the President of the United States. All right. And there is no delegation of authority regarding emergency situations. So there's no enumerated power. No okay. enumerated power. All right. Well, in this case, Congress passed a law mm-hmm. and they gave him this authority. Mm-hmm. They gave him these powers. What's the deal with that? So then now you come into another question, right? Not does the president have the authority to do this. Now the question we get to is, does the Constitution authorize Congress to alter executive power by legislative act? And I use that word alter because, look, if Congress can uh, add power to the president that is not there in Article 2, then they also have to be able to take away power from the president that is in Article 2. Right. So the question is, does the Constitution authorize Congress to alter the powers enumerated to the president? And the the answer to that question is obviously no, because Congress cannot amend the Constitution by legislation. Yeah, because that would actually be the, the real form of the question right. that we're asking. Right. Can Congress amend the Constitution by legislative act, right? Because if the president's only power, right, or or the limits and terms and grant of his power only comes from the Constitution. And only from Article 2. And and then you say, well, Congress passed a law. Mm -hmm. So the real question, again, so can Congress alter the Constitution by passing a law? And that ought to be an obvious answer. The answer is no, because Article 5 outlines specifically the means by which the uh, the Constitution can be uh, uh, amended. So the problem here is not a wall. It's not the or the question. It's not a wall. It's not a question of funding the wall. It's not even really a question of national national emergency. Well, it's not. Well, it's not a question of what can the president do under a state of emergency. The real question is state of emergency. Is that right. constitutional in the first place? Right? Well, is yeah. that in the Constitution? Well, here is um, the state of emergency in the Constitution. I, I would say if you can interpret the state of emergency as being an insurrection, a okay. rebellion, or a, uh, a a matter of war, then you could declare those things to be national emergency. But as you do that, you must recognize all of those powers are delegated to Congress, but when not we, to the president. But in this framework, so people understand, when you're talking about declaring a national emergency, okay, what that means is 
by definition or by process. When the president declares a state of emergency, the president then is granted by Congress powers that are not typically granted to him by the Constitution. So I wouldn't even say typically. I said that well, are not, not they're granted. Not. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. he, by his declaration, is triggering Congress to grant him pa- extra constitutional powers, powers that are not in the Constitution. Right. And for Congress... That, that is what a state of emergency is. That right. is a state of emergency declaration. So we know that definition. Congress cannot amend the Constitution by legislation to add power to the president, okay? But Congress can also not delegate power that has been delegated to itself via the Constitution to the co- to the president. Or, or they are not authorized. They're not authorized. Right, 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 right. They can't they're do not, that because can, this is why we are where we are. Right. So they are not authorized by the Constitution because, you see, for... Remember, this was all thoughtfully and purposely done. Powers delegated to Congress here, powers president delegated to the president there. They are separate and distinct. Now, for Congress to pick out little, you know, bouquets of power and hand them over to the president, that is not only amending the Constitution, but it is violating, it's a per se violation of this separation of powers principle which is actually, James, this is what James Madison said in Federalist 47, quoting Montesquieu. He said, there can be no liberty where legislative and executive powers are united in the same person or the same, or the bo- the same person or body of magistrates. I, I want to talk about those first four words. There can be no liberty. I mean, this is not just something that, you know, it's not, it's undesirable. You are, you are engaging in an activity that has been shown throughout the history to be an axiomatic truth that when these powers are combined into one person, because that's what you're doing, you're taking the power of war, you're taking the power of whatever that's been delegated to Congress, and you're transferring that over to the executive branch, you are actually engaging in the destruction of liberty. And for people, for some people, JC, that sounds hyperbole. Well, it I sounds, the, you know, I th- apocalyptic. I think the core of the reason that's true is because it's undermining the very basis of the government, right? It's undermining the restraint, right? right. Governmental restraint. It's, it's, it's essentially saying right. there is no restraint, right? So if one guy decides there's a reason, he can make a declaration, and then all of a sudden he has the power to do whatever he wants. That's a king. That is a king. That's monarchy. And so we have basically created a situation, you know. Now, here, here's the thing. You can, you can, you can, the states can decide we want this power in emergencies and then delineate here's specifically what you're allowed to do. Right. And then it can be controlled by Congress. So it's really, it's really almost uh, putting the president under the control of Congress rather than putting the president in control of everything. Right. So if you, if you properly amend, right, you're following the process, you're reaffirming we believe in the rule of law, we follow the rule of law. Uh, we don't just we don't just cast it aside because mm-hmm. of a necessity, emergency, whatever. And then the con- and Congress lays out the specific things the person can or can't do. States right. and emergencies, for instance, they've said they have to expire after a year. But then they say the president can uh, can keep him going if he wants to. He just has to re re up it, which which is bizarre. Well, I think uh, you know this is a good point to just sort of step out of the article for a moment and let people know that we are actually in the midst of 28 active national emergencies yeah. 
I, I, that that are continuing. I mean, you there's did a little one, research on this. Yes, there's one. Uh, They're all right here. If I printed them out for you, so you. There's one from. Yeah, I don't want to run through all of what they're specifically doing. A lot of it has to do with, with uh, property and uh, and uh, persons from well, like, undesirable areas of the world, terrorists, this sort of thing. But the, but the thing is, you know, de de destroying due process. In yeah, the mean run. right. But the thing is, we the thing that's kind of shocking. There are 28 emergencies ongoing. They're not Trump's states of emergencies. In fact, I don't think any of them. Let's let's just be sure clear. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, I am putting these up there for you to see. 28 that have continued since 1979. Okay. Yes. So we have states of emergency in a list of 28, and those um, states of continuing states of emergency have continued since 1979. America has has existed in a continual state of emergency yeah. since 1979. And, and remember, uh, when we're in the state of emergency, that grants the president a whole list of of power and authority. That the Constitution to deny does not due give process, yes. to seize property, to right. to uh, indefinitely detain, yes. to act in a warlike fashion right. without actually a declaration of war. And so, in other words, Congress has authorized the president to be unconstitutional. I mean, that's what a state of emergency is. Right, and that's been ongoing for what, like forty years. Since in seventy nine, so you can do the there math. are there's a state of emergency still in effect from President Carter. Uh, there's none from Reagan, none from H. W. Bush. There's six that are ongoing from President Clinton, and I think eleven. Or let's see, six from Clinton. I think. Uh, I think um, I want to say ten mm -hmm. from George Bush, and then there's eleven from President. Obama still in effect. I don't know if that all added to 28. I can't remember exactly the number. So you wonder wrong, where all of this. It's crazy. They're still they're still ongoing. It's just crazy. It's insanity. So I think the next question, I mean, so we can just maybe we should just answer the question. Is it constitutional for Donald Trump to declare a state of emergency to build a wall? I, I think so. I think it's beyond Trump. I mean, again, it's it's not Trump, right? Is Trump right. being unconstitutional? Trump's following the tradition of this right. unconstitutional government. It's, it's, it's we that have accepted a broken government yes. as the norm since 1861. Right. Right? And so, okay, so the answer is it is not constitutional for Trump to do this. But he is following, not he having following someone. The law. He's following the law, which is unconstitutional. Which our founders have been very clear to say that when a law is unconstitutional, it is null and void, right? So we have um, James Wilson, the power of the Constitution predominates. Anything, therefore, that shall be enacted by Congress contrary thereto will not have the force of law. Uh, Hamilton said in Federalist 78, there is no position which depends on clearer principle than that every act of delegated authority contrary to the tenor of the commission under which it is, ex is exercised is void. 
No legislative act, therefore, contrary to the Constitution, can be valid. So we have the intent of the framers, but we also have the Constitution itself, JC, because Article 6, Clause 2 codifies those principles that Wilson and Hamilton were talking about. It says, This Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, shall be the supreme law of the land. Now, that's what Taft was talking about when he said made by Congress in pursuance thereof. I'd like you to answer this when we get back. Because people say, well, Washington did it. What is your problem? If he did it, it must be okay. Oh, you know that's coming. So how did did we get here? we We will answer that question as soon as we get back. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This is our final segment, and JC, you posited the question. Well, let's see if 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 um, uh, George, Washington. George Washington did this, then what is your problem? So did George Washington declare a state of emergency? No, he did not. Okay. So what they're talking about is the Whiskey Rebellion. Right. And what happened, and I don't, maybe it's, you, you can tell me about these fallacies of logic thing that happens, but what somebody is doing is is completely taking what happened out of context. Well, so I think they're conflating they're conflating these things He, because he did one thing and then Congress mm-hmm. did the other thing. And it sort of starts the process with Congress, not, so, not with Washington. So what happened? Right, exactly. So George Washington did not declare a state of emergency and bring troops in to quell the risky, Whiskey Rebellion. Right. What actually happened was Congress authorized Washington to quell an insurrection. Yeah, they passed. They actually passed legislation. Right. When 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 they were you know you had the rumblings about the tax mm-hmm. on whiskey, they passed legislation in anticipation of rebellion. Of rebellion. So remember, part of the Constitution delegates the authority to the Congress to quell insurrections. And so that's what they said. Okay, we we anticipate that there's going to be an insurrection because of this whiskey rebellion. And so now, president, we want you to head up the protection of the people in the states in during this insurrection. Now, now part of this law didn't they so they directed the president to, to issue a warning to these... And there were no federal troops involved. It was actually the calling militia. up the state militia, state militia, and Washington just really just marched in front of the militia to deliver this warning and to say, look, uh, we are going to stand behind this law. Whether you but agree he, with the Whiskey Rebellion or not right, is not the, the argument point. here. But it was he... The, the part of the law said you have to, you have to send them a right. warning, and then, and then they deployed the troops, and he, he led... Uh, he led the militia to quell the rebellion. And not only that, Washington, at the end of the whole compromise with the rebellion, actually pardoned everybody that had been arrested if if they hadn't already been acquitted. Yeah, kind of makes you wonder his thoughts on it in the first place. Right. But see, the first unilateral act of a president uh, was when Lincoln blockaded the American ports and yeah, expanded but, military forces without Congress. But wait a minute, that's a- after the Washington thing. That's when Congress 
started making all these laws. Right. I mean, they started making what they call standby laws. Like, so that happened, and they went, right. oh, wow. Maybe we should come up with some extra powers that the president right. has in these situations. So we don't have to so take the time to do this ourselves. All of what they call standby laws. We got these laws on standby. When an emergency happens, then the president can have them. Now, the article that we uh, we have at chrisannhall.com, and I've put it out on Twitter, I put it out on LinkedIn, it's out on Facebook as well, and I want you guys to share it everywhere that you have it now. Activate this article so we can educate some people. It, it has a lot more details into it that we are going to be able to cover here today, but I, I, want, I want us to get to, JC, to make sure that we cover the conclusion of the yeah, article before sure, we sure. go, right? So we have just... Uh, we have just a few minutes. So I what, what's the... I want to remind everybody that every law made and every federal action taken by the federal government must be taken in pursuance to the Constitution. Right. So what we're dealing here with is congressional acts that are not made in pursuance to the Constitution. So the question is not, if the president declares a national emergency and builds the wall, is that constitutional? That, that's an easy no, Right. The question is, will we keep pretending that we live in a constitutional republic while literally just making it up as we go along? Because all of our, con uh, Madison, in, in his term as representative post-constitution, made so many warnings uh, that, look, you are about this, he post says, convention, you mean. But no, post-constitution, post-ratification. Post post-ratification. the Constitution's dead? Oh, Okay, yeah. Post-ratification of the Constitution. <laughs> well, it I may have been a Freudian slip, right? So Madison, as the legislator, kept warning Congress, look, the power that you are suggesting to, the latitude of power that you are suggesting is going to transmute us. So other than electing a Congress that actually cares for the security, the safety, and the integrity of the nation, there are two options. Amend the Constitution and have the states give the president this authority or stop repent pretending and get rid of the constitution and let's just go back to a monarchy and i'm sorry but that's what we have left share this information we need to educate others because i don't know about you i don't want a monarchy 